0: Welcome to The Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning and welcome to The Flatline. I am your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next few minutes, I'd like to invite you to stay with me. A short time of motivation, some inspiration, a whole lot of education with no manipulation, that's right, no hidden agendas, not trying to sell you anything, this is not an infomercial, it's simply a show about the Bible, that's all. Uh, Some information that I'd like to give you, I hope will help you verify and identify God's plan for your life. If you're able to do that, you can orient and adjust to the plan as you please. That's up to you. God didn't make you a little robot, an automaton. He gave you freedom, free will, he gave you a volition he gave you the right to choose and uh, the bible says choose you this day who you will serve but as for me and my house i think that was joshua that said we will serve the lord so good morning welcome to the floodline. <laughs> we uh, <clears throat> excuse me we con- we started a study last sunday when i was with you on the importance of scripture the importance of knowing the scripture and being able to discern the uh, scripture being able to tell when someone teaches the scripture to give the sense of the verse and the meaning of the verse and that is uh, what that verse really means and what's the sense was it trying to say to you not taking it out of context something like that you know there's so many people that teach the bible there's so many bibles that are sold it's amazing Number one selling book in the world, Bible. They got a hunting Bible, a marriage Bible, a widow's Bible, a whatever Bible. Everybody wants to sell you a Bible. But very few people want to teach the Bible accurately from the original languages. Many pastors do have Greek and Hebrew training, but they don't use it sometimes. They put it aside when they get out of seminary, and that's a mistake. It's critical that you take a look at these verses in the original languages so we can see what the original intent of the verse was. I always loved the way my pastor did it. He did what we call the ICE technique, I-C-E, isagogical, categorical, exegetical. And by that I simply means that uh, the isagogics of the word, what did the word mean then? What does it mean now? And then he would do the category. Of, if you're studying a verse like John 3:16 then you may have the category of God, the category of love, the category of the world. So he would develop categorical studies. And then exegesis means that he would go line by line, word by word, verse by verse, because every jot and every tittle in the Bible is important. It's all inspired by God for a reason. So if I were teaching you the book of John, we would go through the book of John, beginning with chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through the end of the, end of the uh, book, and the end, the last verse in the book, and we'd go line by line, word by word, verse by verse. That's how you learn the Bible. There's nobody can teach the book of Romans in a week. There's nobody can teach the book of John in a week, and sometimes we do that. We have church services where we have the January Bible study or the February Bible study or And somebody comes in and wants to teach you the book in a week. You can't get it. But sometimes they want to sell you their study guide to go with that. And, of course, then we get into marketing. And I stand firm on this. God does not tolerate marketing his word. We are not allowed to market the word of God. We're not allowed to sell the word of God. We got it free. We give it away free. And yet in today's modern Christianity, it's all about marketing. Whether it's accurate or not, whether it's true or not, that's another issue. But the issue is about selling the word of God. If God's in it, he will pay for it. You don't have to hustle the money up. I learned that a long time ago. My pastor taught me that, and I've always lived by that principle. Now, we're gonna continue our study today about how to get close to God. And we're doing this under the importance of understanding the scriptures, the sense and the meaning of the scripture. In Jeremiah nine twenty three, and you shall seek me and find me when, notice, when you search for me with all your heart. Remember that you have a mind, M-I-N-D, and you have a heart. Both of these are inside your head up there. Your mind is in the Greek New Testament, the word nous, N-O-U-S, and the word heart is your cardia. The mind is where you assimilate information, and the heart is where you store the information and apply the information. Information that comes into your mind is simply comprehended. Information that is believed in your mind and applied into your heart becomes wisdom. And so if you want to search for God, you have to search with all your heart. And that means, number one, that you have positive volition, that you're hungry for truth, that you want to know truth that you're not playing games, you don't have an angle, you're not trying to be uh, manipulate God and so God can get you out of a jam. You want to know God and his word. I, I don't know if there was really a point in my life where I came to the fact that I had to study the word of God. But I know this, that m- after I became a Christian, many people tried to manipulate me and and coerce me into doing things that I didn't feel right doing such as raising money or such as buttonholing people on the street and beat them over the head with a Bible or whatever. But I loved to witness to people. I loved to share Christ with people. Uh, But there were things that I was not comfortable with. And so as I grew and as I eventually found a well-qualified pastor that could teach me there was nothing wrong with me, that I was thinking clearly. And the more he taught, the more I learned. The more I learned, the more I understood that I didn't know so that's the way it is with you. If you want to get close to God, you study his word. You study his word consistently under a pastor who has the gift, who can teach it to you. And you will discover like me, the more you know about God, the more you realize you don't know. We know he's eminent. We know he's transcendent. We know he's omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. But we don't know a whole lot about what he looks like because we have this image in our head of what we think he looks like. We know he looks like Jesus Christ. He is God. Christ is God. That's manifested in the flesh, God in the flesh. Jesus was God, is God, and is the in heaven today in the presence of God the Father. So we have God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in you and the Holy Spirit that lives in me. And we are told to let the Holy Spirit control our life, to run our life, to run the show. That's why the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit. Don't walk in the flesh. Don't let the flesh control you. That's carnality. And so if you're going to get close to God, you're going to have to learn his word. You're going to have to be under a qualified pastor. You're going to have to study it and and apply it into your life. And the more you learn about God, the more you will come to understand it. It's not an emotional thing. It's not you going to a mountaintop. It's not you going to a retreat somewhere and feeling really close to God because there was a big bonfire and you'll uh, Oh, how I love Jesus so nobody could sing it anymore and you felt closer to God. That's not how it happens. Apart from accumulating divine viewpoint, apart from learning the word of God, you'll never know him and you'll never be able to please him because you'll go about it your way. You will try to make up the rules as you go along, and there's protocol when you deal with God, which means that a right thing must be done in a right way. You can do a right thing, like going to church and praying and giving money and etc., but you can do it in the wrong way. And when it's done in the wrong way, then it's simply wood, hay, and stubble, according to 1 Corinthians 3 at the judgment seat of Christ. It'll be burned up. It won't be accepted it was a right thing done in the wrong way and so once you learn the mandates of scripture then the test is always going to be will you obey the mandates of scripture so if you learn divine viewpoint if you learn god's word then the word of god is capable of guiding your thoughts the word of god is capable of directing your thoughts now listen to colossians 3:15 let the peace of god rule in your hearts. Again, the heart, not the mind, the heart. Uh, To rule is the Greek word brabado. And it means to be an umpire, or to be a judge. And so the Word of God is designed to judge your thoughts and to control your habits. Not only your bad habits, but your good habits, your lifestyle, your destiny. So as you learn God's Word, it rules your thoughts. Whatever there is a confusion of thought in the soul, and whenever that happens, you have to choose to decide which way you're going to go. Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? What does the Bible say? Okay, I know what the Bible says. Now, what am I willing to do? So if you're not willing to obey what the Bible says, then why study the Bible? And then some people say, well, you know, two or three people can get two or three different meanings out of that. Yep, they sure can sometimes when they don't go to the original languages, that's for sure. So learning the truth of the Scripture, the truth of the Logos, the the Word of God, not the person Logos, Jesus, but the Word of God, the doctrine, on a consistent basis, it establishes protectors in your soul. God actually has soul protectors, one of my friends said. I like that. Soul protectors, which give us wisdom in time of satanic attack. And it keeps the human viewpoint from invading your soul. This is why Paul said in Colossians 1 9, we don't cease to pray for you. And we desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, in all spiritual understanding. In other words, to have responsible spiritual intelligence. So if you fail to learn God's system, if you fail to learn how the protocol plan of God works, if you fail to execute his plan, you wind up being a Christian casualty on the battlefield, sucked into the cosmic vortex. The cosmic vortex, that invisible zeitgeist in history, the invisible lure like a tornado whirling around and sucking you into it. Human viewpoint thinking, the lure of the devil, the times of the world. The Bible says in Hosea 8, 7, if you sow to the wind, then you're going to reap that whirlwind, that vortex. It's very easy for a Christian to get into the cosmic vortex. You may know some family member that's in the cosmic vortex. They're believers. They've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. There's not a doubt about that. But they let sin get into their life. They did not confess their sin to God. They grew cold or disinterested in God's plan. They got interested in some other human endeavor. And the cosmic vortex whirled them off down the road. And now you don't see them anymore. And they will be dumped out somewhere in life, just like. A tornado dumps out all the debris that it sucks up. Eventually they'll be dumped out somewhere. And that dumping place is called the sin unto death. There are three types of discipline, warning discipline, intense discipline, and dying discipline. And when you don't respond to the warning discipline, even though God loves you, he warns you, Hebrews 12:6 tells us this. And he scourges us sometimes, that's the intense discipline. And then sometimes he just has to take us home because we are unfit. We're too hard-headed. We're too arrogant. That's where it all comes from. It comes from arrogance. The misunderstanding of who you are and what you are. This uh, unrealistic self-image we get when we justify the things that we do, thinking that it's okay. Even though the Word of God says it's not okay, we justify it. And then we become self-absorbed with it. So if you're going to learn God's word, it'll keep you out of that cosmic vortex. Colossians 3.25, for he who does wrong receives the consequences. And God is not a respecter of persons. I don't care who you are, me, you, anybody else, any famous Christian celebrity, get out of the will of God sin, walk away from what the Scripture says, and you're in for it. You're in for discipline. The cosmic system is out there. It's the devil's viewpoint. It's the devil's plan. It's human viewpoint, where all the human viewpoint is spawned in the world, in the cosmic system. That's what the cosmic vortex is. It's you operating in the cosmic system. Listen to 1 John 2. Stop loving the cosmos or anything related to the cosmos. If anyone keeps on loving the cosmos, then the love of the Father is not in him. Because all that's in the cosmos, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the arrogant pattern of life, is not from the Father. So the cosmic system has its own communion cup. Did you know that? Maybe you've taken communion at church, and you should, in remembrance of what Jesus Christ our Lord did for you. In 1 Corinthians 10.21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. So the false doctrine, the false system, the lure of the world, it's all out there. And if you're going to be in fellowship with God, and I would warn you about this, if you take communion in your church, make sure there's no unconfessed sin in your life. Because when you take communion with uh, with known sin in your life, you're asking for divine discipline. You are insulting the character of God when you do that. You must be sure when you take communion that you go to the God, go to the Father before the communion elements are served and simply bow your head and say, Father, if there's any sin in my life, show me now. I want to confess it. I want to purge it out. And then God will be faithful to reveal it to you. But you can't take communion with known sin without getting disciplined for it. So God's protocol plan and Satan's cosmic system are mutually exclusive. They don't work together. They're totally different. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you might choose to live your life outside of God's protocol plan. And you might flirt around with the cosmic system in your frantic search for happiness in your human viewpoint thinking it's so easy to do this it's so easy as a christian to step out of the plan of god to quit following the rules and to make your own rules up it's easy in the field of love and romance because you meet someone and and you think you love this person and this happens all the time happens to young girls and young men you're a believer and they're not And you say, well, I love them, and they're fantastic, and we have a great time together, but I'm a Christian, he's not a Christian. What does the Bible say? Don't do it. The Bible says, absolutely, never marry an unbeliever. But you, in your arrogance, say, oh, I'll change him. I'll change her. And you go ahead, and you marry the unbeliever because you think you love this person. And the end result is you step out of the protocol plan of God and you create more misery than you can ever solve in your life. Marriage doesn't solve problems. It compounds problems. When you put two old sin natures together, it doesn't make anything go away. It makes it twice as bad. So if you uh, continue to live your life just in that one episode, for example, marriage, you can go to finances. You can go to a lot of different areas. You choose to live your life outside of the protocol plan of God, you are flirting in the cosmic system, and you are searching for happiness, and you will never find it. You know, some of the richest men in the world have said those things. I I remember Elvis Presley said, I'm lonely, so lonely. I'm rich and I'm famous, but I'm lonely. And Rockefeller said, I've made millions, but they brought me no happiness the only true source of happiness, according to the Lord Jesus Christ was in Luke 11:27 and28, where he told an interruptive woman who shouted out at one of his messages. He told her, "Happiness belongs to those who hear my Father's word and who keep it. That means happiness is related to a clear conscience. That means happiness is related to no guilt. That means happiness is related to living inside the protocol plan of God. Hear my Father's word and keep it. How do we grow? We hear. Without without hearing, there's no faith. So you have to hear. So what am I listening to? Am I going out into the woods and listening to a bird chirp? No. I'm sitting in a church listening to a qualified pastor teach the Bible. He has a spiritual gift, the gift of poimen kai didaskalos in the Greek New Testament pastor and teacher and it's his job to teach now maybe you can sit in that church or maybe there's not a church near you you can do what I do you can listen to DVDs my church is not where I live so I get the DVDs of my pastor and I study the DVDs each day I'll put on a DVD and I'll watch it take notes, open my Bible, sit down and study, and learn, and then on several occasions a year, I will be in that church. But this is the way that I grow, and it's the way you can grow as well if there's not a church in your area. You let me know. I'll connect you. I'll give you the name where you can get the same information I'm getting, and then you can grow sitting right there in your home until God reveals what you're supposed to do. So that cosmic system is Satan's strategy as the ruler of this world. It's the way he can control you and manipulate you. It's the way he can uh, bend the rules and you seem to think it's okay. Because Satan will exploit believers through their own arrogance. He has his propaganda machine, his indoctrination, and uh, it always promotes antagonism towards God. And what Satan appeals to always is our own arrogance. And the Bible says in James 4, 6, God makes war with the arrogant, but he gives grace to the humble. And that's our key. We have to humble ourselves, which means respect for authority. Humility is teachability. Nobody can learn that doesn't have any humility because they think they know it already. They think they don't need to hear it. And uh, you need to understand that Satan will target you if you're arrogant. He will manipulate you if you're arrogant. He will use you to promote his scheme if you're arrogant. And you will be sucked into the cosmic vortex. You will be taken down the my way highway as we say it, and you will be discredited. And and I'll tell you, it's a terrible life. Anybody, uh, who falls into that satanic trap, you know, uh, Satan will target scripture and he will tell you that's not true. You don't really have to believe that. He'll try to discredit scripture, just just disapprove the scripture, and then you get sucked into his plan. There are three ways for you to get sucked into the cosmic vortex. Listen carefully. Number one is demon possession. Now, no believer can be demon-possessed. The Bible clearly says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so demon possession is for unbelievers. A demon is a fallen angel, not some weird dude. He's a fallen angel. And demon possession is real, was real in the Bible, is real today. And uh, only unbelievers can be indwelled by a demon. Uh, And there's all sorts of neurotic and psychotic behavior manifested as a result of this. So one of the quickest ways for an unbeliever to get into demon possession is by rejecting legitimate authority, such as law and order, police, whatever. And these are found in the laws of divine establishment. Many of these mass murderers, people that kill people indiscriminately, are in fact demon-possessed. The Bible tells us Satan was a murderer from the beginning. That's his M.O. It's what he loves to do to take people out so they don't accept Christ as Savior. That's one way people get into the cosmic vortex through demon possession. Another way, and this one would be for any Christian, is by demon influence. This is where believers have to fight the thinking of demons, the doctrine of demons. Believers have uh, their thoughts invaded by the thoughts of demons. Listen to First Timothy 4, 1 and 2, but the Spirit explicitly teaches that in the latter period of time, some believers will withdraw from sound doctrine, giving heed to deceitful spirits and the doctrine of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience by branding iron. Satan has his own doctrine satan has his own pastors and they teach the doctrine of demons and they can mislead you they are deceitful and they will take you into an area that you don't belong into it will create an emotional revolt in your soul where your soul blacks out you'll develop scar tissue your heart will get hard you'll no longer feel conviction about what's right and what's wrong that's why paul warns you in ephesians 4:27: do not give the devil, any opportunity in your life. So you can get into the cosmic vortex by demon possession, get into the cosmic vortex by being misled by demon influence, or you can get into the cosmic vortex by your own personal sin, creating sin in your life, not confessing your sin, getting out of fellowship with God, developing a lifestyle of human good but not divine good, which essentially is nothing but evil, evil. Misrepresenting the plan of God, misliving the plan of God. It looks real, sounds real, but it's counterfeit. It's evil. Anytime you're in one of these, you're in the cosmic system. That's not where you belong. So how do you get out of the cosmic vortex? Well, if you're a Christian, you rebound. You can escape the trap of the devil, Second Timothy 2, 25 and 26, having been held captive by Him to do His will, you can escape it by confessing your sin to God. Going to the Father and simply admitting your sin. Once you're in that vortex, it's equal to a lifestyle of spiritual death in time. You're alive spiritually in eternity, that's not the problem, but in time you're out of fellowship. It's like you're spiritually dead in time, you have no fellowship with God. If that's happened to you, if you've lost your fellowship with God, if you don't feel like you're advancing, you're growing, rebound. Problem-solving device number one, go to God, admit your sin, confess your sin, and get under the ministry of a qualified pastor who can teach you who you are, what you are, and how to handle the things you do. That's what the Word of God is there for. It's a different way of thinking, a different way of living, a different mindset. It's a mindset of humility, not arrogance. Boy, I hope you're listening, and I hope you're learning. I hope all of this is making sense to you. That's why we do these radio shows, and that's why I thank you. Thank you for listening to The Flood with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100. Cropwell, Alabama, 35054 or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.